Welcome to the Level Up Artist Podcast. We are your hosts, Adriana Emma and Jackie Sanders. We are two art professionals sharing for the advice and business lessons we have learned along our creative journeys. We talk to artists, leaders, and art professionals to demystify the creative process and discover new ways to succeed as a career-minded artist. If you find value in these conversations, please go ahead and subscribe. This will help other creatives like you find our podcast and you'll be notified when we drop a new episode every Tuesday. On today's podcast, we're excited to welcome Pepe Caudillo. Pepe is a Mexican writer, artist, activist, and community leader based in Raleigh, North Carolina. Since the late 90s, he has worked and collaborated with countless media outlets reporting on the issues that affect the Latinx community. Since 2004, he has been involved with the Boys and Girls Club and is currently the director of the Brentwood Chapter, which serves children ages six and up. During the pandemic, he organized dozens of artists to create and eradicate racism mural right in downtown Raleigh, and of course, many, many other projects, the list goes on, that uh, Pepe has been involved in with art and the community. So welcome to the podcast, Pepe. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here. It's, it's really, really want to thank you for this opportunity to both of you, because I think in, in uh, you're doing a tremendous work with, with this. I mean, we've been talking about this before, and, and I'm really happy to be here. Thank you so much. Of course. We're so excited to have you here, especially as Two artists who have studios at ArtSpace. One of your amazing murals is in the street right in front of our building. So it's super cool to be, now be able to meet you, put a face behind the vision of that piece. Um, and so if someone has not seen your work before, how would you describe your artwork to someone? Oh, man. Um, so I think my work is, is made uh by a person who is not comfortable with some of the politics that, that we see live suffer every day uh and my th there's one of the series that i have in my art that that is called politics is ugly mm -hmm. and, and so it, it, that is coming from from that sentiment that feeling that many of the things that that our politicians are doing to supposed to help us that really doesn't go that way so I'm not saying we don't need politicians or we don't need politics. I'm saying if the guys that are in those positions do what they say will do, I think we will be in better shape. And that not, sometimes that doesn't happen. So I try to reflect that in my art, but not in a very serious way. Right. Like a satirist thing with ironic way, presenting these ugly faces would will represent politicians and sometimes I put some paint that looks like blood or, <laughs> or cutting their faces and so just ugly situation but in, in a fun way in a kind of like humoristic way I don't know if I am a satirist I probably not but it's kind of the spirit in what what I do so so that is one important part of what I'm doing currently and and so that since I get bad news from politicians every day so I get enough motivation to keep working every day. So, <laughs> so that gives me a lot of ideas. And so that is my work. I mostly work with in canvases with acrylic paint, but I'm I'm lately I've been experimenting with different textures, and I use vegetables, coffee, wood, uh, and 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 I guess I can say now anything that crosses my way, I want to just grab it and just put it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a classic artist where no material is safe in terms of being inspiration or part that's of the right. student process. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. From the so, kitchen to the hardware store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so in addition to having definitely a political voice with your artwork and using art as a sense of activism as well, you also are super involved in your community. As Adriana mentioned, 
um, your work with the Boys and Girls Club. I'm super curious about, like, how did you first get in started with the Boys and Girls Club? It was one, I see it as an accident that it was meant to happen. So at the time I was working for La Conexión Spanish Language newspaper and they fired me because we disagree on something. And I said, well, then no, I'm not going to change my mind. So we don't change your mind. Then we're going to fire you. And I said, well, okay, fire me. So, <laughs> but then I happened to know that the Bosnian Club locally was looking for an outreach person. And, uh, and that was pretty similar to what I was doing in the paper. So writing reports, writing articles, taking pictures, talking to people. So, so it was kind of the same thing. And I said, well, I think I can do that. So since I knew I was in trouble in one job, so I applied to the other jobs <laughs> to save in my safe. Smart, there. smart. Yeah. And so, yes, I I thought I came to this organization, to the Boston Club, with, with the idea of later on finding a better job. And so 17 years later, I <laughs> haven't been able to find a better job. And so I just stay here. Yeah. So it was, that's why I say, I think it was meant to be, because I never thought that I could, I didn't know I could work with kids. And but I but I did and the kids like it I like it so I think it was like a like a good pairing there and and so I I just keep doing it every day is these guys keep me fresh they always bring new ideas and it's really that was really my first job where I where I had the opportunity to see the benefit the benefit of my effort into another human being directly mm, so yeah I didn't, I didn't get to see that before and here I see it every day and it's a tremendous feeling that I feel now I cannot change for anything. I mean, it's just, just great. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost set that high bar of expectation. Even if you wanted to find another job, it might not be as fulfilling or as directly impactful as the job you have now. Right. So you mentioned that you started doing it with outreach. Is that still the role that you're in now? Or like, what does your day-to-day -day work look like with the Boys and Girls Club? I am, as Adriana mentioned, I am the director of the, the, the Brentwood chapter. So we have seven clubs in Wake County. Five in Raleigh, one in Wake Forest, one in Sevillon. So out of the five in Raleigh, this is one of them. And, and I'm so I'm basically a manager. So I make sure that everything that everybody needs is here in place and it works properly. And since uh, you 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 have a very good idea of what a nonprofit is. Mm -hmm. And so we're always working on a budget. And so I have to do all kinds of work, which is great. I, I like that because I get to learn about electricity, carpentry, uh, gardening, landscaping. So I've been learning a lot of things here that again I didn't know I could do. So it's just it's just amazing how you can discover some abilities that you have there and you never use it until the opportunity arises. And that what that is uh, what that has happened to me. And at the same time, it's another reason for me to keep doing this job. It's really interesting. I mean, I come and open the door in the summer at seven thirty in the morning. And I never know exactly what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. So so in this. And it's just great. So that's so I'm the director now. I used to be the average person. Yeah, that's awesome. Especially yeah. as a creative mind yourself, like you were saying, constantly being surrounded by that young energy and that creativity of constantly learning new skills. You're inevitably going to pick up on those things, too. Yeah. And so yeah. how important do you feel it is for children to make and learn about art at such a young age? Well, it, it is uh, super important. It is it is it is it is. Um, I don't even know what words to use here, but it's tremendously important mm -hmm. uh, because first, if we uh, are people who believe in changing the world, the best way to do it is to go with the kids yeah. and pay them, giving them resources, uh, trying to set their minds in the right direction, providing the, the tools that they need to be successful. 
And art, as you well know, is, is a very important tool that will help them through their lives in many things that they don't even know. So yeah. but I am excited also to, to have that opportunity here because we do education, we do leadership, we do health and life skills, but art in, is one of the five core areas of the Washington Club. And as, as you can imagine, I, I work really hard on that one because I, I want to make sure that all my kids have access to art, whether they like it or not. I mean, the first time they have to do it. If I see that they eh, it's not really for them, that's fine. But at least I want them to try once. And and so I I, I open that window for them and, and I just feel honored that I have that opportunity, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like especially in any levels of education, but especially through organizations like the Boys and Girls Club, where they can build that community with each other and with other creatives like yourself of really having that open space to learn new ideas, learn new skills. And then you never know how that's going to have a ripple effect yeah. into the rest of their life. Yeah. It's so amazing. Yes. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that, Pippa, because it's like art can play such a crucial role in human development, especially for kids. And yeah. it's like scientists have done all kinds of studies on it, on how art can positively impact mm -hmm. your brainwave patterns, like your emotions, like raise the serotonin, enhance motor skills, like and especially for kids whose vocabulary might be a little limited, depending what kind of situation they're going through, especially if they're going through something tough at home and yeah. they don't know how to articulate it. They can at least use art to yes. you know, communicate something that might be a little too complex or they may mm -hmm. feel maybe too self-aware about. And I'm sure you've seen it like they'll draw their home and like they'll draw what things are going on at home, even if they can't talk about it, they'll at least draw it out or yeah. let it out artistically. So I'm gonna match that crayon, you know, <laughs> let that anxiety yeah. out or however yeah. that is. But yes. yeah, I like that you mentioned that. It's it's definitely a safe place. Um, as a fellow Latina artist, I have to ask, are there many Latinx kids in the club? And do you feel like they could, or they need bilingual instruction of some sort? 80% uh, of my kids are Latinos. And uh, since they're growing here and uh, they're being raised here and educated here, English is the language of choice. Uh, even though 95% are bilingual, uh, so they, they prefer to speak English. Uh, so, and that's, that's fine. I mean, I, I, I won't fight that one. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it is, I, I think it is important also to bring bilingual and also bicultural instructors not only in our and other, other areas, and not only in the Washington Club, but other uh, youth development agencies, because that is the best way to put like a role model in front of them. So, so this is how uh, multicultural or Latino or African or Middle Eastern looks like as professionally. So they have like something to aim for. And so that is that is another important aspect of that. And, and so it's not really needed per se, but 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 I think it's important to consider that and to make them part of the team when it's possible for 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 if, if nothing else for that purpose. Yeah. Plus, I feel like it also brings up, you know, coming back to the safe space uh, type conversation of they're not going to get picked on because they're Latino. That's right. Like, if they all look Latino, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're yeah. going to be. Yes. And even yeah. if you only spoke to them in English, them knowing that if they don't know how to translate a word, they can just ask you in Spanish. Correct. I'm sure also bring down some of those barriers and yes. also role model. They're like, he looks like me. And yeah. like, I remember growing up, I'm like, some of my art heroes, I didn't necessarily know what they look like. 
like when I was a kid and my mom would take me to museums and whatnot, it's only later on that I found out most of them were from Spain or they were white or looked white, male, all male on top of that. Um, so it's like, oh, Jose Campeche is the best. Luckily, he wasn't. He was mixed. So we're good with him. But it was it was like I did not see myself represented in the arts, nor did I know other artists that looked like me that even attempted to be successful as artists yeah. in any way, shape, or form, other yeah. than my art teachers in high school, which at least I'm glad I had Latina, you know, yeah. art teachers in, you know, in school. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I feel like that's really important. It's that sense of representation and you don't even know it's possible for you unless you see someone that you can identify right. with, you know, and looks like you, you know, we're just going to go with that. But yeah. um, moving on to like some of the work that you've done uh, with other, you know, institutions and whatnot. Um, I know you've worked with art institutions, you've worked with some nonprofits over the years. Um, when you're considering, you're like, okay, I have, I want to continue giving back to my community. How do you determine which one to approach? Like, or, or what kind of research, <laughs> briefly, right? But what kind, of, what kind of things are you looking for before you even choose to work with them? Uh, well, it, it, it comes and goes in different ways. Uh, it, every, every organization is different. Every situation is different. We, we might need to collaborate or, or simply finding somebody who can help us depending on what, what we need, what we're looking for. I mentioned earlier that, that some of the core areas that we have here are related to art, education, health and life skills, sports, and leadership. So, so when, when the leadership programs come, so we look for police officers, maybe, or other professionals, uh, and and because and and so we would would try to um, kind of pair our needs with whatever agencies are available. Now, in terms of who can actually come and 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 work with the kids, in general, I would say any organization, any professional organization, any any well set established business will be able to come if they go through the process that any volunteer will will go uh i mean thinking in terms of safety so they they, they need to uh we need to check background we need to they need to do orientation that kind of stuff if they're going to be working directly with kids if we have all the kinds of needs that we just need a hand to to help us with the garden to to do a mural to or to cover a mural and or or we just need school supplies art supplies or, or whatever we have a long list of partners who we know are available for that. And, and so honestly, that process for me has been easy because this organization has been in Wake County 53 years. Mm -hmm. And so others have done the work of networking and outreaching mm -hmm. organizations. And so when I jump in 17 years ago, those partners were already there. So they were vetted already. They had conversations already. And so that's that. Now, in general, I guess I, I can share that when you are trying to sell, let me use that word, uh, help for kids, almost everybody jump in. It's yeah. hard to find somebody who doesn't want to help the kids. And so <laughs> that's another, it's another benefit of working in, in this type of institutions where you are working with kids and they can see it and we can present any type of numbers and, and data and, and um, even stories uh, about what happens here. And so people people help. You know? yeah. so, so honestly, it's not really hard to find uh, <laughs> collaboration in general. Yeah. yeah, and if you show them photos of the little ones, it's like, how can you say no? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. 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 Right. 
And realistically, if there is someone who doesn't hop on board with supporting kids, then you probably don't want to work with them anyway. That's right. You're like, then you probably shouldn't even be working with kids. If you can't get behind this, get behind this mission. That makes a lot of sense though, especially as you going in and really already having those roles established, those relationships and being part of an organization like the Girls and Boys Club that has such Mm -hmm. an amazing reputation. It is nice just to then be able to like continue to foster and build that relationship in your role. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. And so of course you're also an artist as well. So how do you feel like your role and impact is as an artist who currently serves um, in other organizations? I know you're on a board member for other organizations. So how do you feel like your role as an artist plays in those situations? Uh, Well, you know, I, um, I want to say I'm fairly new in the world arts Mm. locally. So I started my own four years ago. And the first two years, I literally just me and my art. I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't move with anything, no investigation. I was just kind of knowing another part of myself with with me alone. Yeah. First two years, it was more investigation, trial and error, and that kind of stuff. And and see how far I can go with, with this. And since I like it, well, I just four years four years later, I, I still doing it. Uh, now, well, I I cannot tell you much about what I have done, but what I would like to do, and and it seems like it's going in the right direction. And many of the things that uh, uh, personally and a group of friends are like talking about and already planning, I think it's going to happen. So we want to, I don't know, start a group of artists, and and so. This group is going to be created with the vision of bringing artists together in general, and so we, because we, as a group of Latino artists, we wanna we wanna be seen as another artist. We don't want to be labeled, and we don't want to put in we're not, we don't want to be put in this uh, area or in this box, right? <laughs> so we want to be artists all year long, not only during Hispanic Heritage Month. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So so we we wanna we wanna talk more about these these things and we want to express what do we need as a latino artist what do we what are we looking for what are our goals and the kind so we want to open venues on on that and um and we'll we'll do we don't know exactly how that is going to happen but uh, but uh, but we know we want to open our mouths and and so <laughs> whatever whatever that is and whoever want to listen and, and if we, there are some important um elements of the community that are not listening so we're going to be we're going to get creative and we're going to make them listen and so we're not trying to find anybody we just want to talk and want to make sure that people know that we are here just like anybody else that is not like we just suddenly appear in september October, right and then we disappear right so it's not like that it's we are here constantly now as there are there are uh you we can talk about um this group of artists, but we can also talk about a, a bigger group of immigrants that kind of are seen in, in, in the same way. And, and so we, you know, what is the, the uh, um, kind of the curse with immigration in general? And it's, and it's not pretty and it's, and it's difficult. I know it's, a ch- it's challenging. There are, it's, it's very, um, I mean, it's, it's just a, a challenging situation in, in general. So what, what do we do? Well, we don't want to have, we don't want to be a problem. We want to be a solution, right? So we, we're taking that perspective. 
And so if we need to paint murals, if we need to do another podcast or make your podcast bigger or make more posters, more paintings, more flyers, more whatever it takes, we want to do more of that. Because uh, we just want to have the same opportunities as anybody else. And we want to help those who are next to us, behind us, above us to do the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's just like kind of uh, in general, not only this group of uh, immigrants, artists or not artists, that that we always are using them for what we want but when it's time to recognize them and give them what they need it doesn't happen so it is yeah like why are you really well anyway so we <laughs> have seen these issues and we want to combine them with art and in a pacific respectful and beautiful way to talk about it and start maybe another new conversation or the same conversation with a tweak so so we we they people know more about what we want and what we need, which is the same thing as everybody else wants, because we're not different than anybody else in terms of being humans, right? And and the treat what we want and we deserve, we, we're like anybody else. And so we just want to make sure that people know that. And then hopefully, as having these respectful, open, but sometimes tough conversations, I know it's going to happen. So we, we can go to a, a new stage that will be better for everybody. So that's what we have in mind. And, and so it's six of us starting with this. We're trying to set uh, our, our basics first. And then once that is ready, then we can grow. And and at some point, I guess, we would love you to be part of this too at, at some point. So, so you want to hear more about this in the near future. That's awesome, Pepe. My mind goes to a podcast episode we did not that long ago with Susie Silver who's also in our building and her specialty is diversity, inclusion, and equity or diversity, mm -hmm. equity, inclusion, DEI. There we go. Yeah. That's what she does for a living. And she talks about like, if she gets accepted into a show, she actually asks the person doing the show, what the statistics look like. Like how many diverse people do you have? Do you have any queer people like in there? Do you have Latinos? Do you have like, like what do you have? Not just oh, one okay. group. And yeah. that if she finds out it all looks very similar type mm -hmm. group, sometimes she'll say, I'm declining the invitation. Can you invite an, like, an underrepresented artist to take my place instead? And here are some suggestions of people that would be great. Now, she's a gem, and this is rare. Don't get me <laughs> yes, wrong. Yes, but yes. what you're telling uh -huh. me, I'm like, my mind goes to something very similar, not just to say, and of course, you know, if it's like Hispanic, anything show that's different yeah and you don't want to be tokenized and be the one that they included but it brings up the question of like like you said we want to we want to be a solution not fight them perhaps yeah. it's just kind of in our role to just ask the question like what does it actually look like like thank you for accepting me what does the population look like the demographics of the show yeah. that you're yes like that and maybe that's a way to gently open up that conversation but um if you haven't talked to susie definitely talk to her because she might be able to help your group i haven't you. but yeah now that you're suggesting i think I, i'm gonna reach out yeah yeah, yeah. not volunteering her just saying she can <laughs> yes <laughs> no I'm, yeah <laughs> i will just ask yeah hey never hurts to ask yeah, but um as yeah anyways i love that part of yeah. it um i do want to ask you however um so obviously you know there's there's some challenges when it comes to how you want to get involved with the community and if there's a little bit of an activism tinge yeah. to it or not but in general terms do you have any advice for artists that want to give back to their community by getting involved with arts councils or nonprofits or 
similar organizations that might be in the area? Mm. Uh, I have found uh, through my work and the work of other amazing people that I have met in the way that the very first thing should be, what do you want? What do you personally want to accomplish? What is your goal and why are you doing this? Is it because you want to get more likes? Is it because you want to get more money? Because you want to just be truthfully helpful to the community? And then once you you know that, then then kind of just follow your your, your gut and, and you will go to the right place and you will walk in the right direction. Um, so that that is, um, and, and sometimes it can be difficult and, and it could be challenging because if, if you have several passions, well, which one should I do, right? Or, or if you don't know what, what is your passion, then, then you need to do a little, wor little work internally first and then see, okay, what is it that I really wanna do? Um, and, and so once you figure that out, if it's a street mural, well then go to the painting store and then tell them, hey, I need paint for this. Can you help? Hey, I need brushes for this. Can you help? But you cannot help. Who can help? So who is your provider? So and then go and follow the ladder and until you reach the guy who will say yes. And, and so I will I will lay that out that basic level because uh, I really don't like complicated things. And so is I will that will be my advice. So find out what is it that you want to accomplish, and just go directly to the ones who can provide you with whatever it is it that you need. You want to clean the streets? All right, just get a, a, a dustpan or a pair of gloves, trash can, and pick up the trash. <laughs> so obviously, you will do that at the level that you are envisioning, right? If it's the city, so two hands is not enough. So you're going to need thousands or you know, tens of thousands of hands for that. So yeah, I that's my advice. You know, I, I have been in many groups and, and several boards, and, and normally the first sessions are the very basics. Where is the restroom? <laughs> Where's the main door? Who has the keys? Right. And sometimes we are living so these busy lives that like this, this the speed of our life is so fast. Can just sometimes the those little details just forget about it. So so I will just go down and see, okay, this is what you want. Also, this is what the, the you you the way you should go. That's my my advice. More particular stuff in terms of what if I go to the city council, what's going to happen? Or what if I go to our space, what's going to happen? Well, that will require somebody who is already in there who can tell you a little bit. But normally, if your goal is is pure, is, is people get your point and your point is positive and they know that you really want to make something better, man, you should get help. I don't see how people are going to reject your idea if it's good. You know, so so that is another thing to keep in mind when you're trying to find out what is it that you want to accomplish. Yeah, we, I, yeah, go ahead. I absolutely love that. And I think at the core of that, it really is just establish what your goal is and mm -hmm. then just start working towards making it happen. Even things yeah. specific, like you were saying, if someone wanted to have a studio at art space or they wanted to get involved with a specific arts council, the yeah. first step for that might be, okay, identify someone who's already doing that and then set up a meeting with them saying, hey, I really want to be involved. How do I do that? And just asking right. the question because yeah. they might also have a very simple roadmap or, oh, yeah. 
you just fill out this form. And then by this day, you can start getting involved. Most of the time, the processes aren't necessarily complicated. It's just connecting the correct people, the people that are excited about the mission and the initiatives made by the organization with the information about how to get involved. Mm -hmm. And that connection between those two is often where the disconnect happens. Yeah. So and if you're if you, passionate enough to move forward and ask the questions, oftentimes you can find the answer. It might just take a little while. That's right. And and also, if you uh, are good at what you do, you at some point you don't need to say anything. People will call you. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if they you they find out that you're really passionate about it and you have the right ideas and 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 you deliver what you say you're going to deliver, you won't need to do anything. They they will will find you. You know, a lot of those things sometimes um, happen to me because they know, oh, Pepe Payne is little in, in Davidson, so call him. He, he should know. <laughs> yeah. So, and then sometimes I find the opportunity to do another project with another group of people without me even planning anything. So, so it, is, it, is, it is that. That's, that's why I think it should be very one of the first steps for you to just see what is it that I want and what is it that I can do. And if you match those two things, you should be successful you should be successful yeah. yeah yeah i love that that just reminds me of the concept of ikigai in which it's a japanese term but basically to figure out what you're supposed to do in your life uh -huh. it's like a venn diagram right so you have yeah. the four circles or the four areas and it's basically what do you love what are you good at what does the world need and what can you get paid for and where the four meet, that is what you're supposed hey, to do. Hey, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so so yeah. I like the way you described it in a way. It's it's actually that. And if somebody wants to get involved, you know, to synthesize it a little bit, what I'm gathering from it is to first be clear about what you want to do and not yeah. just show up and be like, okay, I'll clean the bathrooms, I guess. I don't know. I mean, we have to be humble. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But oh, yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah. it's okay to say I'll do whatever. But if yeah. you're like, wait, my zone of genius let's call there's many different ways right your specialty let's call it specialty my specialty is working on computers or nerdy things then when i show up to the nonprofit, i might say like look i don't know if you need someone that does this i'd love to help if you need help with technology this is what i do or this mm -hmm. is what i'd love to do yeah. um or like say in your case you also work with kids so like you might be like hey if you have you know kiddos <laughs> i can help with that versus another artist might be like I don't know how to handle them, but I'll help with adults. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's yeah. like, I like that you yeah. mentioned clear on what you're special, yes. what you're passionate about. Yeah. You show up with a plan, but no, obviously it might not be available and be willing and, to. You know, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, even, yes, I mean, that's, that's, I totally agree with that. I have seen people crying for working with kids when they're doing this for the check and not for helping them. And that yeah. is really bad. Uh, and and then I mean I I I have I, I have tried to help them as much as I can and say well you know don't don't worry let's finish this day this <laughs> later. but you know it's and 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 then you tell them you know it's not easy. People think that not only in this field but in other areas. Oh, it's just kids. What what hard can that be? They're difficult. Oh, it's, it's hard. Yeah, especially so, the teenagers. Yeah, yes. So anyway, but if, but if it's your but it, but it, this is really what you want to do, it should not be that hard. Obviously, right. you need to go through the process of learning and experimenting and, and trial error and everything. But but if you really like it, then then it should not be a problem. But some people, you know, they get lost into that. So that's why I say that is really really important 
that you determine what is it that you like before anything else. Yeah. Right. I love that. And on that similar note, how would you as an artist yourself define success as an artist? So success so as an artist, it should look like a series of little successful things. So, so you, you cannot just have success one day and then that's it, right? So that's not success. Success is something that is, will continue happening until you are at the point of whatever is your goal again. So success to me, it happens every day when I have time to grab a brush and paint anything. So that is success one day for me. It will be another level of success is when I finish the painting. And, that, and, and then another level is when somebody else tells me that what I did, they like it. So, so that series of events that are happening in, in the right direction, kind of at the right time sometimes, is success. Uh, so so we, we also need, need to consider that there are gonna be days that you are not successful. And, and so, so just go over that. And so the ability of dealing with unsuccessful days is what is gonna make you successful at some point. And, and so, uh, again, I think this is one of those individual personal things that, that you will consider success. So I know I'm not gonna be as successful as, as Jean-Michel Basquiat, for instance, or, or any of that. I'm gonna be, the, my success is gonna be just Pepe's success. And so what is it that, that, that it looks like to me? To be very honest to you and your audience, I still don't know what is gonna be success yet. I just wanna, for now, I just wanna have fun and, and, and just do the best to help me and others and in the, in the area of art and area and social justice and, and try to let people know that politics sometimes is ugly, right? And, and so that's what I, and if I can accomplish those little things every day, that will be a successful day for me. And if in a year I have 200 successful days, that will be a successful year for me. Yeah. And in my mind, it comes to another one that you didn't mention, but it has to be mentioned how many kids' lives you impact and what difference you're making in their lives. I mean, oh, that's, I mean, that's a big, big success. Like how many of those kids yeah. you never know, 10, 15, yeah. or they're artists too. Yeah. And they're well, like, I remember Mr. Pepe and like he taught <laughs> me this and said it was okay for yes. me to paint. And yeah. it took me a long time and I went to like corporate America and then remembered my classes with yeah. Mr. Pepe. And now I'm an artist too. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's those, yeah. I guess, I mean, it's harder to measure because some oh, of yeah. them, like it'll pay off in the future, not now. And you may not even find out about yes. it. Yeah. But I figured out like all those kids' lives that you have positively impacted. I mean, even if you're having a crabby day, just knowing you're helping. Yeah. Them, yeah. Has, yeah. 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 So yes, it does. Deal. It does. And I don't, and I don't want to like reply to that with just a cold number, but I, <laughs> but I, but I want to say that, um, I have registered in this club almost 4,000 kids in my, in my, <laughs> in my 15 years as club director. And I have seen them all because I am the one who puts the information in the computer. I don't have an assistant, so I do those things. And yeah. so, I don't know, I wanna say that if I will be really happy. If, well, I've seen kids coming back once they graduate from college and they have their first job to come and thank the club and me for what we did before, even if we have a bad situation. So you can imagine how I feel when I hear that. It's just, yeah. it's just, uh. another, yeah, it's just <laughs> another level of success. 
that is just you need to you need to be in that situation to really understand how did that can impact you too. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I I just was thinking about art, but but yeah, in terms of my kids, oh yeah, I and I'm tremendously lucky to to be in this position and, and be able to help them every single day. Yeah, that's that's great. Oh, yeah, I thank you for that. mentioning that, Adriana. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I I just had to. I was like, I I mean, it feeds your artistic soul in a different way knowing yeah. that you're passing on the good. And then of course that kind of comes back to you and then can yeah. even enrich your own creative practice. So there's that, but without going down that rabbit hole, cause that's yes. another podcast episode. Um, I do want to ask you, what is one piece of advice that you wish you had heard before you got started on your creative journey or anything art related? Uh, don't be scared. Don't be shy. Uh, follow your heart, follow your instinct. Uh, I, have been surrounded by art very much all my life. In Mexico City, I was born in the same neighborhood where Frida Kahlo used to live. And, and so in Coyoacán, La Ciudad de Mexico. So uh, my my mom, my dad, they, they like art. They were not like super big artists or anything. My dad used to be able to draw. He was a good drawer and he did some things. I seen him and then and then he took me and he took us, my my brothers to to museums and places and and he had friends who were artists. So I I have always been but I never thought again that I could do it. I like it and enjoy it. I I I was I try things with pencils and pens and and I like some of the results that I got, but I was like, no, this is too bad. I should not do this. I should not try this. And so I about four years ago, I discovered in uh, YouTube this video of Jean-Michel Basquiat. And he was talking about that he, he was very young. He said that he, was, he will be famous and he will be a great artist. So he believed in himself since he was very young. And that was something that I didn't have. And, I was, and then I started looking at Basquiat paints and I was like, well, I think I can do something similar. <laughs> it's not going to be the same. But I, but I can move the hand like this and I can use colors randomly and improvise things. I think I can do it. So he gave me confidence in his words. And uh, if I have heard that when I was 18, I'm pretty sure today I would be in another situation. I'm pretty sure because now, I, I mean, it's not, I think you're going to understand me. I'm not trying to show off, but I like what I do. And, and I, have, uh, I have received comments from other people that is good stuff. It's not amazing stuff, but it's good stuff. <laughs> and, and so and that happened in four years. So hopefully I will be lucky enough to live four more years and do more better than I'm doing now. So though that would be some advice that I, I wish I had before in, in a way that it really get inside of me. Uh, and, and so I guess that was in my destiny that it, I will have to wait this long to, to watch that YouTube video and get inspired by this guy and then just start my journey. So yeah. but I join every day. Yeah. You just had to be in the right stage of your life and the right moment to hear it, even if you've heard it all your life. And it was like, oh, that's what those neon signs on the sky were all yeah. about. All yeah. those years yeah. pointing to this moment. Right. Right. Okay. right. <laughs> and thank goodness you heard it then because in some other other alternate dimension, you may have been another 20 years before you heard that. <laughs> I mean, you hear of artists who don't start until they're in their 70s and even 80s, and then they discover this passion yeah. they have. So 
Yes, so okay. making use of the time that we have in whatever stage of the creative journey we're in. It's too late to start. Yeah. Never too late to start. Never too late to start. Um, but real quick, we've absolutely loved having this conversation. One more question before we wrap things up. If you had a hundred dollars right now, what would you splurge it on or invest in? It has to be something that brings you joy and is related to either your art or your business. Okay. Um I was actually thinking about that on my way to the to this place for the interview. I didn't have lunch today. Uh so I'm a bit hungry. So if I had hundred dollars, I will go first to the bookstore to buy an art book. And then we'll go to a Mexican restaurant for some tacos and, and horchata. And I will enjoy that very much. Yeah, that sounds like a lovely afternoon. Sign me up. <laughs> and I will and I will leave a good tip to the to the server with that. Yeah. Perfect. Love yeah. it. Share it forward a little bit with a full yeah. belly and a new ARPA. Love that. Yeah. 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 Yes. I love it. Well, Pepe, do you have any upcoming uh, activities, opportunities, events that you're looking forward to? And after that, how can listeners uh, stay in contact with you after this episode? Uh, yeah, we have, um, I guess this is going to be the first time that I want to say this publicly. And it's oh. fine. So I'm, I'm happy that that is happening here. Um, so these six friends and and, and I, uh, we're going to, we're going to have, for the Hispanic Heritage Month, that's how we're gonna wanna open our movement. Um, uh, Multi-site exhibition. So we're gonna have four places where we're gonna exhibit artwork between September, October, in different dates, different times. Uh, one of them is gonna be art space. Another one is gonna be the plant in Pittsburgh. Uh, another one is gonna be Diamante, also in in, in Raleigh. And we are in, in, in the works for the, the, first, the fourth one. And I don't want to say it in case it doesn't happen. But, <laughs> there but will be a fourth one. Yeah. If it, ha if it doesn't happen there, we're going to find another location. So, yeah. But it's going to be four, four exhibitions running almost simultaneously, September, October. The name of the exhibition is Latin Current. And yes. um, yeah. So, and, and, and we, we are probably will ask for help, your help, to help us expand the information on this exhibition, if possible. Uh, we are, yeah, so we, we're talking to many people. We, we're doing, uh, what, you know what it takes, the, the kind of work that it takes before an exhibition. So we are in that, and it's going to be in four places. So you can imagine we are a little bit busy with that. <laughs> just yeah. a little bit. So, yeah, just a little bit with four exhibitions at the same time. Uh, but it's, we, you know, we wanted to open with something, uh, I want to say spectacular in, in, in the sense that normally you don't see four exhibitions of the same people at the same time. Uh, it, it probably has happened before, but it is not like the rule. So it's not the norm. You normally just see one. So we want to do more than that. And say, so how can we make this different? Well, let's start with the number of places that we're going to exhibit. And it's not going to be one, it's going to be four. And if we can do five, we're going to do five. And so we, that's, is, is coming. Uh, the very first one starts September 1st in art space. Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll see what happens. And, and after that, hopefully our organization is in better shape. So you both can jump in, in the, into the group because we want you there. <laughs> That'd be awesome. We'll definitely yeah. include information both about the exhibition as well yeah. as your organization, anything that you're willing to share in the, yeah. um, 
episode notes of today's episode and on our social medias as well. Oh, great. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And so Pippin, how, how can our audience uh, stay in contact with you? Instagram? My Instagram, yeah, is um, BW Pepe. My, my Facebook, Pepe Caudillo. I guess they can reach out there too. So that's that's how they can reach out. And and honestly, I want to say that if anybody heard anything that uh, could represent any type of help from me, I will be more than happy to talk to anybody and, and help as much as I can. And, and before I forget, I want to say thank you to both of you again, because this talking about art and bringing people together to, to share experience and knowledge and skills is something that we need. I, I, I really believe that art can change the world. And, and it's always, if it's good art, it's, it's free expression from, from a human being. And, and so I think those are two beautiful elements that, that you are helping to put together locally. And so it's really great that you're doing this. So thank you so much for doing this. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for the invitation. So hopefully one day we can have another talk. And, uh, yeah, and yeah, and go further in many, many of the things that are interesting for the three of us and the people who listen to your podcast and see you on YouTube. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much, Pepe. And for our <laughs> listeners, as always, all the information um, and how to contact Pepe, as well as links to our blog and other episodes will be in the show notes for today's episode. And if you want to stay connected with us or interact with us in between episodes, uh, you can find us on social media. I'm at Amate Art across all platforms. And I'm at Jay Sanders Studio on all platforms. Or if you want to stay connected to the podcast, we are at Level Up Artists on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week.